Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls around the world? I would like to welcome you back to another episode of the Real Talk with Zuby podcast. Now, on today's episode, we have got on a three-way conversation. I've got on Carrie Hathorne and Belissa Cohen from the group LGB Fight Back, and we're going to be having a really interesting discussion today. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having us on today, Zuby. This is great. Awesome. So I've done a very brief intro there, but for people who are not familiar with who you are, why don't you tell them a little bit about you? Awesome. So we are a multi-generational grassroots organization uh, composed of lesbians, bisexuals, and gay men. And we promote radical self-acceptance and self-love for all homosexuals and bisexual men and women. And LGB Fight Fight Back advocates for the interests of the LGB community. And in order to advocate for our population, we're fighting back against the T. Oh, okay. That is that is controversial. So the first thing people are going to note is the absence of the T. So what is the thinking and reasoning behind that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, just to give a little backstory um, on this, you know, as far as we can tell, um, we're not even clear how the tea got added in the first place. Uh, We've been, you know, doing our own research to figure this out. Um, But we don't think there was any big gay meeting that said, hey, let's add this tea thing onto a movement about sexuality and and same-sex rights. Um, and so there, there were, as far as we can tell, this never happened. This never occurred. Um, and so our analysis is that the T as a political movement, uh, transgenderism as a political movement piggybacked onto our movement, the gay and lesbian rights movement, um, or the LGBT movement, which was coined in the nineties. The B was out in the nineties. Um, which makes perfect sense because the B is about sexuality, just like the L and the G, right? Okay. But this T, um, what is going on there? So, we our our view is that the transgenderism promotes um bad ideas, you know, the bad idea that you can it's possible to change sex. Um and which it's not, of course. Um but it's a it's been quite an appealing concept. Um it's quite seductive actually to uh gay people in some ways because it's a way for them to appear straight. It's a way for a lesbian to look like a straight man or Right. And so so rather than praying the gay away, um, we would say that they're transing the gay away. And and so what this movement did, this political this political movement with its own clear agenda, um, very different from ours, um, was to create essentially a customer base, um, which meant that there was, you know, a base of people who wanted medical services and products um, such as artificial or manufactured hormones or, you know, lots of different kinds of plastic surgery. Um, cosmetic surgery, right? Um, and so this is, you know, this is, this was about 
money and make and business. It was a business endeavor um, that you know went after our our population essentially. To, and and so you know when we're talking about business, it's like we know that there's businesses that promote the well being of society that provide services that are good for people that help society run right. They're beneficial. And then there's businesses that we would say are rather parasitic that are rather harmful and that aren't really interested in the benefit of the population or society. Um, and so we're, we think this is a huge, huge medical scandal in the making. Um, you know, and the reality is, is that LGBT people, we don't need medicalization. We don't need medical intervention. You know, we're fine just the way we are. Um, and so the, the T, the T movement, you know, we, we, we think that, you know, they, they did target our community for what we would call medical gay conversion therapy. And the reality is in today and this time period, they didn't know they're not only coming for us, but now they're coming for everybody's kids. Mm, mm. Okay. There's a, there's a lot there. Uh, do you have anything to add to that thought there, Belissa? Well, we think that the T was the way the T was added is kind of goes along with the concept of forced teaming where one group or person implies to another group or person that they have shared interests or goals or a predicament. And that was, you know, not just to our movement, but to the world at large implied that, that um, we all are the same. And that is not the case. And we're trying to explain to people why the fight for LGB right is not the same as promoting the idea that it's possible to change sex and medicalizing a great number of people in order to do this for uh, corporate interest. Mm. Yeah. No, yeah. it's interesting. I mean, I've, I've made the point for many years that the T is a strange part of that acronym because the first three are clearly about sexuality, right? Who people are attracted to. And the T is something different, you know, in a crude way. I've said, you know, it's, uh, you know, uh, someone likes dogs, someone likes cats, someone likes cats and dogs. And then someone is saying that the cat is actually a dog or the dog is actually a cat. Um, and things that are more complicated with that bit of a crude example, but it's, it, it is something that's different there. So in terms of your own, story and journey what led you to think okay we need to create a group an organization a movement of people who are lgb so who are part of this community but we want to take a stand and exclude actually the t part of the equation because it's certainly the case that over the last let's say 5 to 7 years the t has really been the thing that's getting the hype, the shine, that's what everyone's talking about. It seems to be the, the popular thing, et cetera. So what was the moment that made you think, hmm, we need to speak up here? Well, I don't think there was like a moment necessarily. I mean, I think that a lot of people from the LGB population have been really, really brainwashed into the trans ideology, um, overwhelmingly so, um, especially anybody under 40. So that includes myself. So, you know, I was swimming along with this stuff for a good long while, at least 10 years, um, you know, potentially 20 years of indoctrination, really. Um, and, and so I think for me, it was like looking at the, the long term, how this has played out long term. 
um, and how we've seen more and more people from our community go down this path with with not so great results. Um, didn't really see the benefit of all of this, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, both of us speak those too, but we've seen it um, in in our own you know social groups um, in lots of different ways over the years and. The movement has definitely, you know, changed and become a bit, the transgenderist movement has changed their narrative. You know, it's, a, it's like the, the snake chasing its tail kind of thing. You know, it's like, it's a very circular argument. It's very illogical. It doesn't make any sense. But now the point that the, that we have, we can see a whole group of young people, of teenagers who are being, um, you know, kind of inundated with these ideas through social media and even through the school system. Um, and huge numbers of young people now wanting to medicalize their bodies and it's, and it, it results in sterilization. Mm-hmm. So we're, con- you know, we're concerned. And, um, you know, we worked with a parent group in, um, on Valentine's Day to do protests. Um, and we protested outside of, uh, four gender clinics in the U.S. and Canada. So, you know, we, we are seeing the impact of this and it's, it's really extreme. Yeah. It's really interesting. Go ahead. Go ahead, Melissa. And I would say that the way that the P has been framed, this medicalization to pretend that it's possible to be the opposite sex has been framed as gay 2.0, gay plus, just another way to be gay, when in effect, it is the antithesis of that. It's saying that rather than be gay, why don't you trans the gay away? and pretend to be a fake straight person. So the perception of what the public has been sold is very different than the effects on LGB people. And it's creating havoc in LGB communities for a number of reasons, which is why we really saw that there was a need to promote what we say radical self-acceptance and self-love for LGB people because we saw that without that we're being we're we're prey for anybody who can say you can opt out of this and possibly which really doesn't work or you can pretend to be straight which really doesn't work you end up with just a person with cosmetic surgery having same sex relationships mm-hmm. and you know they're medicalized and it has devastating effects on their bodies and shortens their lives. And it's not self-actualization. Self-actualization does not come at the end of a scalpel or in the plastic surgeon's office. That's not where self-actualization is going to come for anybody, especially LGBT people. So that's why we really saw a need for an LGB organization for people who are same-sex attractive. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I think the, I mean, I think the attachment of the T is simply a, largely a socio-political strategy because what happens, especially, um, you know, if uh, one of us super straight people uh, makes any sort of criticism of any part of transgender ideology, shall we say, then it's lumped as an attack on the LGBT community, right? As if every gay, bi, lesbian, trans person, you know, like it's just this, this big lump group and they all have the same ideas and they all agree on everything. And I know for a fact that that's not the case. Having this conversation, that's clearly not the case. And what's interesting is that, you know, I, I was talking about the difference between 
those first three letters and the fourth. I think also it's the fourth one is ideological, right? So if a man is attracted to men, that's one thing. A woman is attracted to women. A man or woman's attracted to both. Like that's just that's just a fact, right? Like that's just okay. That's what it is. But transgenderism in the way it's presented today is very much ideologically based, right? It's very much an ideology. It's completely changing the notion of sex and gender and creating a differentiation between them, changing the whole concept of what the word man means, what the word woman means, what the word boy and girl means, what male and female mean, etc. And it's closer to a sort of secular religion and a dogma which you're just supposed to go along with and not ask any questions about. And then, of course, on top of it, you've now got people saying that they're non-binary or they're inventing new genders and there's this and there's that. And I think that by lumping them all together under this LGBT umbrella, it sort of makes it hard for people to talk about it without sort of people trying to say, oh, you're just you're just attacking all of these people or you've got a problem with all of this or whatever. And you're trying to deny people's existence and deny reality and erase people's identities and all were you know these very what's the word uh i don't know just sort of extreme assumptions that are that are made it's very it's very very exaggerated and there's a very severe overreaction which again i think is more of a tactic and a strategy than it is how people genuinely um feel and view this well yeah and because it's a tactic and a strategy being pushed on the rest of the world with a lot of money behind it and a lot of, you know, a lot of paid people who are paid to promote this ideology, let alone the foot soldiers that were created when the LGB community was kind of brainwashed and seduced into these bad ideas. You know, there's so much virtue signaling about adopting these ideas and this compelled speech. And, um, you know, women especially are losing their jobs. People are being deplatformed. These bad ideas are really kind of a wash in our community. And it is a strategy. It is really this idea that, you know, there's, there's just so much money behind it, pushing these ideas that, um, Everybody thinks that they can't say that the emperor has no clothes. They have to say that the emperor is wearing a full a party dress, you know, and that is really not the case. And there's really we've got to make it OK for people to stand up and say these truths. And that's one of the goals of LGB Fight Back is to say to people like you, the super straights, Zuby, that <laughs> that. You know, we, we're allied with the super straights, the super, the super lesbians, the super gays and the super bi's are allied with the super straights. And, um, that, that sex is real and that, um, homosexuality and heterosexuality are both based on sexual attraction, not same gender attraction. And it's, it's been redefined in the dictionary. So, um, we want to make people understand that there's, that the LGBTQI plus plus plus, as they're adding, is, a, like you said, an ideology, not based 
on material reality or biological fact, and that straight people, the super straights, do not have to go along with this in, in, to avoid risk being called bigots. Yeah, so I mean, that was part of our what we understood needed to happen was that if if LGBTB people came out and said, whoa, 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 like, our, you know, things, the world's gone mad. And, you know, we can speak to that and say how it's gone mad. And, and we're like the canaries in the coal mine here that have been dealing with this stuff for decades, like literally like at least 20, 20 plus years. Um, this stuff has been permeating in our culture. And so when Melissa mentioned the foot soldier bit, you know, that, that's really true about how when these bad ideas were introduced in the community, people adopted those ideas. And then they disseminated those ideas, right? And so that's why you get that hardcore reaction from people being like, oh my God, it's, you're against the LGBTQ plus, I believe it, whatever, you know? And it's like, it's, it's because they're indoctrinated. It's, there really is an indoctrination to, mm. to this, you know? And so, and, and, but the thing is, is that when we look at the history of like, well, how the heck did this even happen, right? One of the things that we've, we've realized is that, you know, our organizations, the LGB organizations were taken over. I mean, I guess in the, in the UK, I mean, Stonewall is a clear case example of that, but we have like 200 plus organizations in the United States, community centers, different kinds of organizations. Yeah. Um, and so, um, our organizations were taken over and the way that they were taken over wasn't simply through an ideology, but it was through the funding because we're talking about, some of these, these activist billionaires who are promoting these ideas that want these ideas to come out, as you said, a bigger strategy. Well, who came up with that strategy? We've got some ideas, you know? Um, and so we, we have a sense of who some of these, these men are actually who have promoted these ideas. But what did they do? They created, um, foundations that then would donate to LGB organizations, strings attached, T attached. So we've seen the funding that, you know, we used to get, you know, you could, there's charts actually that show the funding that goes for lesbian stuff and the funding that goes for bisexual stuff and the funding that goes for gay men, right? And then now the T is like this much of the funding. I'm feeling left out. I want some funding. Well, well, so do we, frankly. Trying to like bring down this like monster Trojan T political movement, right? Uh, throw us a bone, you know, but, um, but really it's like they, they did, they, they, they did it through funding. So they put funding, they funded our orgs and took them over. Mm. That's how we got what we call LGBT Inc. And what do you think is the goal there? Well, we see the goal. Um, it's, it's really, uh, about a corporate vision for, um, mass profit, which is the, uh, there are these active billionaires who are massively invested in med- in medical technology and big pharma, which is the biggest lobby in the U.S. is the medical lobby. I don't know if you're aware, but because we don't have a national health system. And, you know, it's not saying that's better or worse. And we're not saying that all profit is bad because, as Carrie said, you know, there's businesses that promote health and well-being and businesses like the idea that you can medicalize people to pretend to be the opposite sex, especially children which we don't think is promoting health in society or, you know, possibly creating a lot of issues down the road. But um, these there's these uh, active billionaires who have a kind of a stake. Some of them are um, men who perceive themselves to be women. 
and um, they take the money from some of this uh, medical medical profit and put it into their foundation. And then they take the foundation money and they see transgenderist causes all over the world, and especially in the U.S., like one of them is called Arcus Foundation, which funds the ACLU, which is, you know, very powerful and changing laws, and National Public Radio, NPR, just for a few. They give money to universities to chair programs in transgender studies. And um, so, you know, there's a different tentacles which um, promote these bad ideas in all areas, media, you know, there's a lot of things going on. And, um, you know, promoting health is a really good thing for medical corporations to do and educating people on how to be more healthy. But we don't think that this is a really positive or progressive thing to promote the idea that you should put children on drugs starting very young and create, uh, a medical patient for life. We have heard that that each child that is put on these drugs, activity blockers and wrong sex manufactured hormones is a million dollar client for these um this this ideology for profit. Mm-hmm. So what's really the point of this needless medicalization of perfectly healthy children? and vulnerable adults. We, we just don't see that perfectly healthy children need to become lifelong medical patients so that a, a massive corporation could make a million dollars. Yeah, involving children is very, very, very disturbing. Um, very disturbing. Especially when you consider what the longer-term implications may be. I think we live in a society where a lot of people do not think past first order consequences. They don't think of the second, third, fourth order consequences, right? So if a child, the biggest question to me is, okay, if you're talking to one of these people who I'd say are bonkers, who thinks that a child, a minor should be able to make such decisions, then the obvious question that comes to me is, okay, well, if a child can consent to that, what else can a child consent to? Right. That's opening a gigantic, very uncomfortable Pandora's box. If someone is telling me that a five year old is, you know, why don't we let five year olds drive? Why don't we let them vote? Why don't we let them get tattoos? Why don't we let them do right? The obvious answer is because we recognize that adults and children are different. They have different brain uh, capacities. Their brain's not your brain's not fully developed until you're even 25. I mean, if anything, 18 might not even really be uh, a full adult yet. Um so when pushing people are pushing these ideas, I'm just like, oh my gosh, like what are you, how have we, how have we gotten here? Like, how is that considered, whether you're progressive or liberal or conservative, whatever, I'm like, this shouldn't even matter, right? It should just be a no. Like when you're talking children, adults, okay, you know, whether or not someone agrees with your ideology or they think it makes sense or they think it's good or bad or whatever, I think most people are kind of like, if that's what someone wants to do. And they're a mature adult. Okay, that's their choice. Like, I might not like it. I might not approve. I might think it's weird, whatever. But if that's what they want to do, fair enough. But if you're talking about children and the way that it's become this sort of trendy thing now, it seems, when you're seeing these parents coming out um, in the UK and Canada and USA and they're like, oh, I'm the 
I'm the proud parent of a three-year-old trans kid. I'm just like, what are you talking about? That's like having a vegan dog, right? Like we know who's making the decisions here. One thing that we really want your audience to understand, Zuby, is that when these kids who are non-conforming to sex-based stereotypes, which are the kids who seem to get caught up in this medicalization by their parents, which is, you know, boys who want to wear purple sparkly things or like mermaids or... There's, or, nothing, um, wrong. There's nothing wrong with men liking purple. There is not. And, um, and I love a man in pink too. Let's just oh, yeah, please. Well, I don't I don't know and about pink, but pur- some purple. men look great. In pink. Are you serious? P- p- pink pink shirts, yeah, pink collared shirts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, looks dope. Looks dope. Go. How and, color doesn't know. have a gender, guys? Come on, <laughs> let's liberate the colors from these this construct. Yeah, you know it's like, and you know. Back in the day, girls weren't supposed to wear pants, you know, and so little, you know, it's just right. time. It's always just, you know, it's just fashion. So, but little girls who might hate frilly dresses and, you know, want a short haircut. They're obviously are, boys. Obviously, aren't they? So, you know, that's a good reason to put them on strong drugs for the rest of their lives because they like short hair. It blows but my mind I, that it's a con. It, it, sorry, I'm just. As we're having it, it, it every it blows my mind that this is even like a, a conversation topic. I mean, even it's it's crazy because I think even ten years ago, even ten years ago, if you told people like, okay, this is where things are going to be in twenty twenty one, they just go, "What are you talking about?" Like, no, come on, that's silly. And now you're just seeing it, and it's, I mean, you got you you've both been talking about the funding behind it, but it's so clearly, it's so obvious that it's funded. It's obvious that there is an agenda. And that this is really being pushed in schools, in yes. universities, cartoons, television, on Netflix, on social media, etc. I'm just like, man, this is um, this is weird. This is just weird. Massive wave of propaganda. But one thing that I was like to point out is like 20 years ago, if you had a kid who wanted to play with different identities or say this or that. You would just say, oh, well, you know, you're, you know, that's whatever. It's just child's play. But now there's this push to take whatever kids say as being like a very super important thing to listen to. And you have to, you know, affirm everything that a little tiny itsy bitsy kid says on through. So these kids are not being allowed to just play and grow up and take on identities as, as kids do. They're, that's, why they're they're getting locked into these we didn't have medicalization 20 years ago now there's it's the option so let's let's use it and i think there's the issue with parents either virtue signaling or some say it's a munchausen's situation or just trying to you know uh not be seen as bigots in a weird way or homophobia they would rather have a fake straight kid than a gay kid there's there's issues of that but um you know um we want to say that these kids who are don't conform to what we consider sex-based stereotypes girls wearing curly dresses boys playing with trucks if they divert they the kids who don't do that 
We don't want to sexualize kids. Kids do not have a sexuality. But these kids, very often studies have shown, if not affirmed as the opposite sex as children, they grow up and desist around the end of puberty and become gay and lesbian. The great majority of them are gays, lesbians, and bisexuals. Not all of them. Some of them are straight. But um, so in that way, they're transing the next generation of LGB people. So that is a lot of why LGB fight back has a, a dog in this fight is because if you trans the next generation of our communities, like who is going to make gay culture? Who is going to write gay theater? Who is going to be there for us to, to mentor and to, you know, help us get old? You know, we need to keep this generation you know, uh, intact and not medicalize them and get them to seduce in the idea that they can pretend to be the opposite sex so that there are healthy, happy gay people for years to come. We need fashion. We need engineers. We need, you know, uh, musicians. We need these people who have always created culture in the world. Yeah, I mean, I think the other thing is like what we're seeing is like this tidal wave of teenagers. Melissa, can you mute? Because we get the background. Yeah, we get this tidal wave, this tidal wave of teenagers right now who have been really seduced by these ideas. So, um, it's not just going to be gay kids. These aren't just. And when we say gay kids, okay, let's let's clarify this because we we got some pushback for putting <laughs> on our signs like stop transing gay kids. Well. First of all, we were working with a parent organization, okay, whose, those are their kids that they were talking about, don't trans our kids. And, um, you know, we're not talking about, you know, prepubescent children when we're talking, you know, there's children, prepubescent children, which they put on puberty blockers that then have, they're sterilized, they, they're going to be sterilized. They have lifelong health consequences. If they don't, if you don't go through puberty, you don't develop normally your brain doesn't develop right like there's so many problems with this okay it's not just about genitals this is way beyond the endocrine system the hormones that that you need to develop into a healthy adult right so those are children when we're talking about kids overwhelmingly what we're talking about is teenagers because they're minors they're minors and once you go through puberty or as you're going through puberty that's you know such an important you know and and kids do have a sexuality in puberty they are developing a sexuality. Like a lot of teenagers know who they're attracted to. I mean, this is not like you remember back to when you were 13, 14, 15, like you had a sexuality. Okay. So people develop sexualities when they're going through puberty. So that's what we're talking about. And so these are parents saying, stop transing gay kids. They're talking about their own freaking kids. Okay. (laughs) Just for clarity's sake here. Um, right. But the thing is, is that what we, what we've seen and, you know, having talked to lots and lots of parents, um, is that a lot of these kids start to identify as trans right around the age of puberty. The beginning, the onset, 11, 12, um, is really common. And, and what, what I think is going on here is that, well, what do you happens in puberty? It's freaking uncomfortable. Your body is, you're changing, you're changing from this like non-sex being to a sex being. And there's so much discomfort that happens with that. And so some of the, uh, creepy grossness of this transgenderous movement is like telling children these, these edging into puberty children, right? Um, that 
that it's like they're selling them this idea that because you're uncomfortable, it must mean because you're not actually a girl, you must be a boy. It's not because you're a boy. It's because you're a girl. That's why you're uncomfortable. So essentially, they've medicalized, in a sense, or medicalizing puberty. They're telling kids, what's wrong with you isn't, isn't that you're going through puberty. It's that you're really the opposite sex. And you get to choose. You get to choose which sex you're going to grow up to be. Like, how mm-hmm. big of a fantasy is that? Or you could be neither, or you can make up your own. Well, that too. Yeah. yeah. You could just, yeah. It's It's interesting. I mean... Another thing that's really interesting about it all is that somewhat to to what you've alluded to already is that there is also a sort of homophobic element to it all, right? Where you're sort of saying, oh, this girl likes trucks. Oh, she's obviously a boy, right? Or uh, this boy likes – it's it's weird. It's simultaneously – it's got like sexist elements and homophobic elements actually – in it in itself or you're saying oh this boy uh oh he's playing with his sister's barbie that means he's actually a girl and we need to put him on some chemicals or like you know do something to his body or whatever and it's just like on multiple levels it's just like what is what is going on here and then i think the scarier part for a lot of people is i think this is just a topic that is it's considered so taboo right unless your unless your position is just like yeah, it's great. Let's just, let's just roll with this all. Let's do this. Let's trans everyone. Let's invent infinite new genders. Let's throw pronouns everywhere. Let's just make up our own fantasy land. If that is not your position, um, then, and it's not most people's positions, by the way, like vast majority of people are not on board with any of this, but it's very few people who are willing to say, uh, no, like, no, we're not, we're not doing that. And when you're seeing, obviously, one of the, and something that brought me to fame was, of course, me breaking the British women's deadlift record after identifying as a woman to, sort of <laughs> to highlight the absurdity of some of the stuff that's being pushed. So obviously, women's sport has been uh, one of the big sort of battlegrounds for this. And it blows my mind that this is even, again, it blows my mind that this is a conversation, right? You're, you're just thinking, what is going on here? It's so ideologically driven and so anti-science <laughs> and so anti-common sense right just this notion that oh like any man should can just say that they're a woman and boom they're a woman and not only that but we must also allow this person now to compete in biological women's pro sports you're just like oh it's just it's just layers of layers of stupidity and cowardice um actually i think i have to say i think it's cool what you're what you're both doing with this because it's um yeah i think it's one of those issues that it's very much been framed on this political line it's almost been framed as if it's like straight versus lgbt as a whole or it's conservative versus liberal you know it's just these these mean conservatives don't want uh people to live their lives and they don't want it and it's just like this should not be a conservative battleground this is just like common sense i'm not seeing a lot of people out there saying oh you know we want to be hurting people or we want certain people to be discriminated against or we want people to be you know live rough lives no very let me not say nobody barely anybody is saying that or promoting that most people are very much live and let live, at least in the Western world. But I think with all of this stuff, if anything, I think it's actually creating more animosity and tension, perhaps, that otherwise wouldn't be there. 
right? Like most people don't, most, like, let's be real. Trans people are very rare. Most people don't know anyone who's even trans. But when you, people start seeing these issues coming where you're seeing biological males competing in female sports, then that's something that flags up as a red flag for a lot of people. And they're like, wait, what the heck is going on? When they're starting to push surgeries and hormone blockers on children, people are like, wait, 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 what is, what's going on? And it makes people go, oh, okay, like, you know, people paint with broad brushes sometimes and it can easily make them go, okay, all these people are just, all these people are just crazy. And I think even the trans people that I have spoken to, the people who I do know, because I have a very big audience, so I have, I know people of all sorts, they're, they're not on board with it either. They're just like, no, I just want to be left alone. Um, I don't want to be hurt or attacked or to be discriminated against, but this sports thing is silly. Like, this is a bad idea. And this whole thing with children is stupid and it's dangerous. Like they're, they're generally on board with that, but there are just these activists who most of them are not even transgender. <laughs> most of them are not even trans, but they're just the ones who are sort of speaking on behalf of the movement and for everybody else. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It's pretty crazy, but it's really interesting to see some pushback coming from within the, so-called community, which I know isn't really a community. Well, one thing we like to say is that there really isn't so much a left or right anymore on this issue. There's just common sense. And, um, you know, this has, in our country at least, has been framed as um, the Republicans are against these poor oppressed people and the left is pro these poor oppressed people and um you know the coverage is is completely uh fake i would say fake coverage the framing of this issue is fake it's not at all true there's many progressives especially women who see this movement for what it is, the transgenderist movement. And there are many Republicans who uh, maybe aren't so uh, victim of compelled speech that they are maybe a little bit freer to speak up. And that's why you hear more Republicans. But um yeah. Um Well, meet yourself. B. I mean, there's like you said so much there. Zuby that, that we could speak to, you know, there's just, there's a, there's a lot to, to un unpack on that one. Um, but, you know, I think when you mentioned starting off about how this movement is, you could see signs of how it's like homophobic or it's anti-gay. Um, and it, it certainly is because, you know, we would argue that, um, trying to, to trans the gay away is absolutely medical conversion therapy, right? I mean, that is, um, that is extreme medical conversion therapy, right? Like trying to, change your body to to appear as the opposite sex um is you know that's like making people look straight in the streets kind of right but not in the sheets um you know so right i mean we're gonna know when it comes down to the sheets like people are gonna know what's up right so i mean but it is it is absolutely homophobic i mean it's absolutely homophobic we call it a, you know woke homophobia um, cause it's so woke, you know, mm -hmm. um, and, and it's true that the woke, the woke mob, you know, is, is mostly coming from liberals. Um, that is absolutely true. Um, but that's, that's, you know, there's a problem, I think, here. If the, the left can't understand biological reality and material reality, and they think that 
drugging kids up and chopping up body parts is a progressive good thing. I mean, what the heck has happened here? Like, what is going on? Like, right? I mean, so we really want to kind of give like a ding the bell for these people who think this is a good idea because this is not a good idea. Um, and, and we've, we've seen it play out inside of our communities for the last 20 years. And, and even to the, the point about, you know, trans people, um, what is that exactly? Who gets to qualify for that? And, and I think that was part of your point, I think, when you did the, the deadlifting, right? So, mm-hmm. but, but, you know, it's a big question that needs to really be answered in the sense that, um, we, we don't think that, that, you know, there's men and there's women, there's males and females. Homosexuality is defined by same sex attraction. You, we have to be clear, right? Sexual, all sexuality, heterosexuality, all of the sex attraction. I mean, this is like basics when it comes to like human experiences in do, the world. Do you, and life. do you know the thing that it's not even unique to humans? It's the whole animal kingdom. That's the crazy part. It's like, okay, well, where are the trans frogs and gorillas and you know, there's male and female in every species. And what blows my mind as well is, you know, with a lot of liberals and progressives is they very much claim to be the pro-science side, right? They'll say, oh, those right-wingers are anti-science and they're, you know, they're denying science and whatever, they're science denier. And then two seconds later, they're talking about how men can menstruate and women can have penises and all of this stuff. And I'm just like, what <laughs> you know like look if someone wants to like i said if someone is a grown adult and they've made a certain decision and they want to live or present themselves in a certain way you know if that's what you want to do whatever certainly from like a legal perspective social perspective i'm like look whatever man like don't hurt people and people aren't really no one, very few people will bother you and if, and if people are bothering bothering you then any decent person whether they're conservative liberal whatever will will stick up for you Right. Um, it's just that we have to acknowledge reality. If we can't acknowledge reality or people are being forced or compelled to alter language, alter reality and live in what is essentially a delusion, then that's a really dangerous place for a society to be. Well, one thing that I would like to point out is that the idea that um, medicalizing yourself amputating your genitals, becoming a lifelong medical patient, creating massive health issues in every system of your body and possibly shortening your life. The idea that that is a good idea for some people and some people benefit from this is not, is not true. It's not an inherent thing that is true about transgenderism, that it, it helps some people. Maybe um, it's a strategy that some people use to to avoid dealing with you know something that they want to avoid dealing with, but it it's so devastating to everybody who does this. And um the i this the idea there are these people that are true trans who really really are you know great examples of transgenderism working like they're primarily homosexuals the people that have extreme plastic surgery body modification to pass as the opposite sex and everybody says oh yeah you really are 
you're really trans, you really are a, the opposite sex and or whatever, a good approximation of the opposite sex so well that we'll accept you and we'll use opposite sex pronouns for you and we'll, you know, give you a platform to talk about how great it is that, that, you know, this is good for some people, but bad for children. We, those are homosexuals, not the heterosexuals that everybody complains about that are, you know, LARPing in women's bathrooms or whatever. So um, this is harming our community, the LGB community, when people, especially straight people, think that this is stunning and brave, that somebody's done a complete body modification, they no longer have genitals or they have artificially created, you know, parts, breast implants, whatever. You're hurting homosexuals by saying that you you were imp- so imperfectly a man or so imperfectly a woman that yes you really were right to opt out of biological reality into this delusional landscape where people are going to confirm your delusion by using wrong sex pronouns for you and um you know saying oh but you're the real kind not those other larpers so um we just want to say that that like this is harmful. This is harmful even for people who pass. They're they have massive medical problems. We're not talking about the social problems, that's a separate issue. We're talking about the shortened lives, the um the cost. The, when you when you say shortened lives, uh, you've you've mentioned that a few times. What why why does it shorten one's life? I'm not familiar with that. Well, the um the testosterone that women take uh first of all create osteoporosis in young women the puberty blockers in in wrong sex hormones and young women are getting severe osteoporosis something that's not supposed to happen till your 50s or later um after 5 years on testosterone you have to have your um uterus removed it causes vaginal atrophy um it's very hard on the body not only to not have the hormones that your all your cells are programmed to get for for function sex hormones don't they're called sex hormones but they don't just affect sex they affect your brain they affect your bones your muscles um so if a man isn't getting testosterone or a woman isn't getting estrogen, the body deteriorates. This is really not okay. And that's why people who don't want to be perceived as the opposite sex often have to take supplemental hormones just to keep their body processes functioning. And beyond that, we've looked at the market research for, um, you know, transgenderist surgeries and medical procedures. And it looks like down the road, they're expecting a lot of uh, medical issues that they don't even totally know because so much of this is experimental. But um, in terms of cancers, in terms of um, heart, their heart issues for women who take testosterone, they have very bad um, coronary issues. Um, and we already know that women, adult women who take hormone replacement therapy, estrogen after menopause, 
that used to be a, a good idea. Now it is not allowed because these postmenopausal women on estrogen develop cancer. Well, what about these men and boys who take estrogen starting from their teens or 20s? All those decades of estrogen, it's okay for a man to take wrong sex hormones, but a woman can't take right sex hormones? Like, of course, this is stuff is not being really talked about. So the implications are way bigger than anybody even has the information to discuss, is what I'm saying. Yeah. And the other thing, like, so that's the medical side that it's not good for people to do this to their bodies. This is so experimental you know, and, and so it, and, and toxic essentially. And, and also, um, you know, um, you know, to mention suicide rates, like they, this population has a very, very high suicide rate and that's whether or not they medicalize. So there's something going on there, you know, so like, uh, therapy, hello, can we do something to help people heal? Um, rather than, oh, sure. You just need a script. Just go on tea, just go on estrogen, right? Like this is not right. This is really not right. So, but the medical stuff aside, right, the social impact also is a big deal for us as a population um, and for LGB uh, people who are doing this because the way that these ideas have permeated and, and even when we, if we say, you know, oh, that trans person or we're using the wrong, you know, the wrong sex hormone, um, wrong sexed uh, pronouns, the way that this um, ideology operates is it needs conspirators. It needs other people to go along with these bad ideas to, to feed it and to keep it in place. So anytime we affirm these bad ideas in any way by calling a man a woman or vice versa or right, anytime we do that, that feeds it. It feeds the delusion. It feeds it for that individual, but it also feeds it for society and in the culture. And one of the things that's been, um, recently studied among teenagers. And, and I think if we think about how, um, how when you're a teen, like people are looking to their peers primarily for influence, right? And so we know that there's like what they're calling a social contagion, that this transgenderism bit is now a social contagion. And with social media, it's like way beyond like the uh, the social forces that are moving kids this direction than when I was a kid, right? Because we didn't have social media. So so the influences are great. And um, and so the we see that the social contagion bit is like whole groups of girls, for example, will do this now. And girls are more susceptible to it, right? Yeah. At this moment, it's interesting because in the past, like 10 years ago, it was more 10, 20, 30 years. It was more men yeah. who were, who were doing this. And now the biggest group is teenage girls. Right. I yeah. Think, I think that's because of the social contagion factor because right. teenage girls are generally, you know, teenage boys can be influenced as well, but just due to the very differences of male and female. Um, females are more likely to be influenced by that kind of thing. Similar, whether, even if it's, uh, same with anorexia or something like that, or even just basic fashion, just clothing. Girls, women are just more, um, you know, more social in that sense of like, okay, let me fit in with this group or tribe and see what these other girls or women are doing. And I'm going to go with that. Whereas boys tend to be a little more, uh, you know, just, just different. We're just wired differently. Right. So anytime we play along with these ideas in any way, shape or form, that, in, in, that reinforces this social, the social aspect of this, which means that more people will think it's a good idea. More people will move toward it. More people will medicalize and more people will get sick. I mean, this, 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 we take healthy people and we turn them to be ill. 
that's what this does. You know, but it also erodes the social fabric of society. I mean, I think that's one of the big issues here. Like, what is this big strategy behind? What is what is really the goal of this thing? Like, it's so, so destabilizing to go around pretending that a man is a woman. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly destabilizing. And what is and look what it's doing to, to kids in this younger generation. I mean, it's yeah. it's all around like we just have to say like, no, full stop. No, 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 not, there's no such thing as trans people. What is that? What is this? The new, do we just create like a new category of human? Like, I'm sorry, like what? Like, Melissa, I mean, maybe you have something to say about that. Well, yeah, like, it, like, are we creating new categories of people like trans people, non-binary people? Like, well, what about people who tattoo themselves green from head to toe and to give the appearance of scales and like have their ears removed and split their tongues so that they appear to be lizards and that they want people to claim that like go along with their ideation that they're lizards. And, um, you know, what about people who file their teeth pointy? Are they now pointy to people? Or, you know, what kind of extreme body, body modification are we going to accept to, you know, create, uh, other avenues of difference when we're all biologically male or female? And, um, you know, what kind of compelled speech are we going to create to acknowledge new forms of people? I mean, I know it sounds ridiculous because it's, become so accepted that we call a man she or we call a woman he and her you know I don't, it's, I don't think I, it's become you know what I don't think it's become that accepted that's the thing I think it's I think firstly um yeah I think this is happening with a lot of things is the media and the power the power of mainstream media and social media they can make it seem like an idea is way more popular than it actually is, or that a certain population is way bigger or has a certain way of thinking that doesn't actually represent reality. They do this on different lines. They love doing it across, you know, gender lines, sexuality lines, racial lines. They love making it seem, oh, all black people think like this. All gay people think like this. All, um, you know, these people, all white people think like this. All women think like this. All men think like this. And whenever you do that, you're going to be wrong because people are just individuals. Which is one reason why I've always thought, I mean, from, from the past 20 years, I've always thought the term LGBT community is stupid, right? Because it, it just, it's just a political tool because I'm like, that's not a community, right? Like they're, they're not, they're not all, I mean, was it, was it, uh, Dave Chappelle who even made a joke about this? It's like, there are, firstly, everyone is just an individual, right? Just knowing who someone is attracted to does not tell you much about them, just like knowing somebody's skin color doesn't tell you much about them, or knowing how tall somebody is doesn't tell you much about them, etc. And it's like they just they just lump this whole thing together, and then they'll have certain groups and spokespeople acting as if they're speaking on behalf of the LGBT community, or someone who's speaking on behalf of the black community. And it's like, oh, well, when did one billion of us vote for you, right? Like, when did all the black people in the world just be like, okay, this guy is our representative, he speaks for all of us. And it's just like, you know, what is going on here. But uh, there's something you said earlier, Carrie, which I'm kind of interested to know. You were talking about, you've seen over the past two decades, how this has sort of crept into the community. So can you speak a little bit more about 
what that's looked like because that's something I, for obvious reasons, don't have like vision of. So how have you seen that rise up? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think it's, I think, I mean, Bolsa has her experience too. And also just to, just to clarify, like, um, we are the spokespeople for LGBT fight back, but we, we have a larger group of us that, so we're representing. Yeah. 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 Just to clarify for people, like, it's not just me and Melissa's show. Um, it's not <laughs> as much as we like it to be, but it's not. Um, so, you know, um, but, but yeah, so I think the way, and, and I think that we can see generationally, that's one reason why when we say we're a multi-generational organization, that's really significant because we've seen, from multiple generations now, how the tea has crept in and, and, and how it's, uh, how it's operated, um, inside of the community. And I know when you say community, the reality is, I think for gay, lesbian, and bisexual people is that, um, we have historically built communities and yeah. that is all over the country in different, all over the world, in different places, in different mm. cities. Like, so it's true. There's more like little mini communities all over the place. That's, that is really how it works. And that really has, it has been our experience, I think for, for most of us, especially, you know, at our age group and up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, because it was kind of like, there was so much homophobia that, you know, people were kicked out of their families. Yeah, yeah. People were kicked out of their families yeah. and we had to figure out how to find each other and, and create some kind of semblance of, of community and support. So that's a real, that is a real thing. And that is mm -hmm. why we say that. Um, but so I think inside the community, how we've seen this play out. So for example, in the mid, um, two thousands was when I met, you know, the first, um, lesbian pretending to be a straight man, um, and, uh, was hearing about, you know, the medicalization piece of this. And so what it looks like on the ground is you have a group of lesbians because gay and lesbian communities are really divided by sex. You know, that's really how it works unless we're going to do an event or go to the club or something. Right. But it's pretty much women. And men, that's how it works. So in the lesbian community, all of a sudden now, you've got a lesbian who now is appearing to look like a man. Mm, so it's pretty obvious for us when this happens. And then it's kind of like, and so there's, you know, one here. And then a couple years later, oh, there's another one. And then here's another one. And now here's another one. And like, right. And so now um, with the younger generation, I'd say like, for, let's say 20 to 30, for example, um, these ideas are so forceful, so prominent that for uh, a lesbian to say, I'm not interested in, let's say, a man pretending to be a woman. Okay. Okay. She is now called a bigot. Mm. She's being told she has genital preferences. Oh, yes. Yes. They do mm -hmm. this. To, they're trying to do this to straight people, too, but. Not, now, not... but they've been doing it to us for 20 years. <laughs> they've been doing it to okay. us for at least 20 years. Okay. So we've okay. seen this on the ground. Like we're the canaries in the coal mine here going, here's what's coming, guys. Straight people. Mm. Hello. Here's what's coming. <laughs> like, I mean, really, that's, this is, we're blowing the whistle here. I mean, this is what it is. So, so yeah. So, so we're literally, we have this hardcore homophobia being launched at lesbians and gay men who are like, no, I'm just same sex attracted. Like, I don't care what you do, plastic surgery wise and hormone wise. Like, we know what you are. You're, you know, right? <laughs> <laughs> there, sorry. It, it, there, there's something about it that is hilarious. Like, <laughs> okay. Good. I mean, it's, it's, like, <laughs> it's tragic for us. It's been freaking uh, uh, no, tragic. I, no, yeah. it, it it is, but it's like but the, the whole, visual. It's, you need the visual, right? It's, it's so silly. It's just like, you're just imagining like, I don't know. <laughs> it sounds like something out of South Park or something, you know, like there's a, there's a For guy real. who like really wants to like hook up with some lesbians or something. So he's just like, Hmm, I have an idea. <laughs> yes. Seriously. Yeah. And then like, yes. Yeah. I don't know. I guess. And then if a lesbian is not, uh, is not too fond of, um, the penis, shall we say, then, you know, 
that you uh, you shame her by calling <laughs> by by calling her names. I'm just I like, it. wow, that's uh. Yes, she's got les- she's got genital preference. She's a, fetish- <laughs> she's a genital fetishist. All they tell us this. They, they if you go to our Facebook page, like come to LGB Fight Back Facebook page, and you can see all the things yeah. that they lauded us. We we did a post about lesbian visibility, and like a million trans activists showed up to tell us how we're so horrible and we're such wow. bigots and all of our genital preferences and. Um, you know, I mean, really, like, it's really abusive. This stuff. Like, yeah. come and see for yourself. Like, there's, like, 500 comments. Like, I will have a look. I was going to ask, actually, yeah. a big question. Yeah. What's been the response? Well, I well, mean, you know, the hate mail is, is amusing. I find it very amusing when they call us genital fetishists and say that we're bigots because we are same-sex attracted and not same-gender attracted. I mean, you too, Zuby. I assume that you might have some genital fetishism going on in your own life. Um, but, uh, I don't know. Do you have genital preferences? Do you have a few? Uh, I, I, I do have genital preferences. It's kind Uh-oh. of, yeah. I'll be, honest. I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I think that's wrong, think, Zuby. And I think you really need to examine your genital fetishism. And, um, and you know, that's, it's just, um, you know, maybe you could have, that Stonewall come in and re-educate you and, and your, your staff for, um, to teach you how, what is correct. Yeah. So it's that, yeah. it's that cis hetero privilege, you know? I mean, you and you with your general, your genital preferences. It's such, so hey, bigot to have genital preferences. Look, uh, oh I'm, I'm an open bigot, open bigot here. Well, so are we apparently. <laughs> do, do you sometimes just think like the West needs more problems? I like some of the, some, <laughs> am I the only one who thinks this? Sometimes I'm just look, looking at this and I, I'm just like, the West needs some new problems. Cause like some of these things, I'm just like, what, what is going on? Have, have all the big battles been like fought and won and conquered? And now people are just kind of like, okay, to fight racism, we need to take Aunt Jemima off the pancake syrup bottle and remove <laughs> Uncle Ben. And we need to, <laughs> you know, like there's these straight people here being straight and these lesbians here being lesbian. Like that's no, that's not enough. Like those Andrew straight women needs a, a trans flag. Yes. Those straight, those straight men need to start liking penises. Those lesbians also right. need to start liking penises. Um, you know, it's just, yeah. you know, exactly sports. It. okay. We've had women's sports. That's all been running well for the past, uh, several decades. And, you know, that was cool. You know, now women can compete in sports, et cetera. And, you know, and that's fair. No, that's not good enough. Okay. We need to start. It's weird. It's because people call it progressive, but it's genuinely regressive in so many ways. It's like yes. you're, un- you're undoing, <laughs> you're just going backwards and you're undoing and corrupting certain battles that have already been won and creating new problems where there just, there just wasn't a problem there before. Like with, with women's sports, there was no problem. Like no one. No one had any problem with it. And now all of a sudden it's like, okay, we're just going to come in here and, and disrupt this thing and turn it into this huge ideological and sociopolitical battle. And we're going to pick the, pick the conservatives against the liberals and the, you know, Democrats against Republicans. And I'm just like, what? And who, who wants this? And, and how many people is this even trying to appease? Right? Like how many, like how many people are even affected by this thing? You know, can, can it not? And no one is saying, oh, trans, you know, Trans people, you know, people who call themselves trans. No one is even saying, oh, they're not allowed to do sport. No one is saying that. <laughs> You're just saying, okay, if you are biologically a male, then you can't compete against women. That's it. 
It's not even well, the other unless, way around. It's not even the other these, way around. These men competing in women's sports like just aren't very good and aren't good enough to compete with the men. Okay, I take that personally. Oh well, you know, I mean, one of the things we, you know, we, we were wondering <laughs> is when when you were, you know, deadlifting, right? When you were competing and you were identifying as a woman for those what, nine seconds. You're identifying mm-hmm. as women in those nine seconds. Mm-hmm. You know, that actually would make you a lesbian for those nine seconds, too. Yeah, just so you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. I'm, aware. I'm aware. Just want to be clear. Just want to yeah, be clear. No. This is how yeah. this works. This is how this works. So, hey. you know. Hey, I'm, I'm, part, I'm part of your community, too, sometimes. Super Welcome, strong. sister. <laughs> Welcome, sister. I can, I can join the movement now? Awesome. Awesome. I love this. This is cool. Like, you can you can just be anything you want. It's great. Because I'm, I'm, I'm personally, I'm not trans. I'm gender fluid. So it's different for me. So when I deadlift, when I'm going for those records in the heat of the moment, I, I, just, I just feel differently. I can't really explain it. Um, it's, it is convenient. I'll, I'll, I'll admit that, but it works well. It works well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those mag, those magical <laughs> feelings, those mad, that magical woman feeling. Just, I've just been waiting for someone to explain it to me what that magical woman feeling is. You know, do you, is there a magical man feeling? I would really like to know if there's a magical man feeling. There is, but if you want to yeah. feel it, you need to get over your genital preferences. Ooh. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and, on, and on that note, <laughs> that was not appropriate. Um, anyway, um, we can roll with a little inappropriate. <laughs> I mean, people are so. Thin- I mean, this is like this is such a serious topic, and like, oh my god. If you like have a sense of humor, like you know, so I mean, we're trying to have you know interject some humor in this whole thing, but it's, it is really serious, and it, and yeah. you, it's true that who is this affecting? It's a small population, but I'll just say it's really, really affected mm, our mm, community, mm. LGBT people. It's very, very much affected us, and to the parents who are dealing with this with their kids, it is very, very much affecting them. It is like tearing these families apart, you mm. know. So, you know, and that was part of why, you know, they're being called bigots. Um, and, 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 and actually, um, vast majority of the parents that we've worked with and been in contact with, like, they're not anti-gay. Yeah. They just want their kid to grow up to be a healthy kid, a healthy young adult. Yeah. Do you think that want kids to grow up, attempt to grow up and enter adulthood in healthy bodies? That's really the, the message is don't decide these kids you know, don't medicalize them and cut off all their choices before they're old enough to make their own. Yeah. Sounds totally reasonable. Mm-hmm. Totally reasonable. Do you think that, do you think that future generations, do you think future human beings are going to look back at this time period and just think, what the heck were they doing? Like, what, what was that? What, what, what were they doing there? Aren't we already doing that? We're already starting to do that. True. We're already starting to do that. True. And I just, need, yeah. yeah. I just think it's it's still early, right? It's not with some of these uh so-called trans kids, etc. It's not going to be until later down the line, though. Really, it's not going to be until a few decades where you're going to really see some of the impact of this, right? People are being rendered infertile. Um, people are, you know, just having all sorts of experimental, you know, realistically, just experimental procedures done to them. Um, people are being not forced, but they're being pressured to make adult decisions when they're not even at the age of consent. We already know that there are people who are you know, what they call detransitioners who have said, oh, this is not what I wanted to do, or I was, I was pressured into it, or I've changed my mind, etc. And these are still people generally who are, who are very young. And 
I don't know. It's it's weird. It's also weird to me because it is such a Western phenomenon, right? You look at the rest of the world. This isn't something that's oh, if it were happening all over the world, then okay, maybe it could be would be harder to argue that it's like a social contagion or something that's been propagandized. But I'm like, okay, well, if this is if this is legit, then why is this not why is this not everywhere, right? Like we know, look, there there are homosexual people everywhere. In some places, it's more open and more tolerated than others. But we know, okay, like. Throughout history, every country in the world, there are people who are gay. Like, we, we just know that, right? But, I mean, there was something I tweeted, uh, I think last year and it went viral and I said, the more, the more economically success, the more successful a country is, the more genders there are. <laughs> so, like, this is exclusively, um, something that's happening in certain countries, especially here in the Anglosphere, UK. Canada, USA, Australia, New Zealand. Um, but yeah, in other places, it's just, uh, I don't know. It's not, it's not, they're not even having these conversations. They actually are starting to have these conversations yeah. in other countries. Yeah. Well, I mean, what I'm saying is we're exporting this ideology yeah. and these medical practices globally. There's, they, they're started, why we understand them so well is because they started in the U.S. And they're being pumped out, both the ideology and the medical practices from here. They've gotten to the Western world first, but I've been hearing from women globally all over the world who are discussing how these ideas are infiltrating every, every country, every country, some greater and lesser degree. But what you were saying about like uh, what's going to happen in the future, we see a medical scandal in the making, a massive medical scandal. And one thing that um, I've been saying about the boys that LGB fight back has been seeing when we, when we look at this medicalization and talk to these parents is that um, in the 300 child gender clinics that currently operate in the U.S. child gender clinics, so-called, up from 50 just a few years ago, it's extremely lucrative, extremely lucrative, and that's um, why there's this massive proliferation. We're creating an army of boys who've been put on puberty blockers, and almost 100% of those affirmed and put on puberty blockers, proceed to wrong sex manufactured hormones. And whether or not they persist in wanting to be perceived as the opposite sex or go back to wanting to be perceived as males, they are going to be left with a toddler-sized penis. These are adult men with a toddler-sized penis from being put on these drugs, whether or not they stay that course. So we're creating an army of men with toddler-sized penises that don't function the way a male penis should. And I personally think these men are going to be angry. Mm-hmm. Women are going to be angry, and men are going to be angry. Yeah. In the in the West in particular, already dealing with major problems with drops in testosterone and sperm counts. I mean, yeah, I don't know. The, the reproductive future of a... Uh, the reproductive future of the West is uh, is in trouble if certain things do not get reversed. I don't think people are really... Well, I guess some people think that's good because you have the people who think, oh, the world is overpopulated anyway. I'm certainly not in that camp. But I think that a lot of people just aren't even aware of some of these things. I mean, 
sperm count and testosterone levels are about 50% down in the last four decades or something like that, which is insane. They're dropping by 1% per year, 1% per year on average, which is totally insane. And then when you couple that with what you're saying, I'm just like, mm, you know, it's when the conspiracy theorist in me starts going off and I'm like, okay, there seems to be some sort of agenda going on here. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Um, but hey, I'm looking at the time. This is a really, really interesting conversation and I've loved having both of you on. You've been so candid and honest and open and we've talked about serious stuff, but it's also been a lot of fun. Um, where can people find you online and where can people find out more about LGB Fight Back? Yeah, so um, go to lgbfightback.org. We actually are reworking our website as we speak. It's in the works for a brand new website. Um, you can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Spenster. You can find us on Tumblr. So yes, please follow us. Go check out these conversations we've been having. Uh, we were called faggots on um, Twitter, by the way, because it's oh. perfectly okay to call LGBT people faggots in 2021. <laughs> And um, it's, so the post is still up. This video is now demonetized. But yeah. <laughs> I get it. it was fine for Twitter. What do you mean? Twitter's perfectly okay with it. So, yeah. um, you know, but come check it out. Come see what people are saying to us to get a to get an inside peek of of what has been happening in our community and um, what could be coming for the super straights if y'all oh. don't start speaking out even more. So, thank you, Zuby, for for having us on and um, for for your your fun snarky comments online um <laughs> we love it uh we love snark um and you know it's so important we, we you know we're speaking out um to say that no actual you know this isn't about the lgb um don't lump us in with the t um we aren't the same we aren't the same and uh so yeah if you if anybody needs backup political backup come talk to us you know we got your back and you know we love to see more people speaking out about this so we appreciate what you've been doing awesome thank you it's an honor to have spoken to the strongest woman in the UK, Zuby. Again, thank you, sister. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com.